Greetings, everyone. Um, right now it is 12.15 a.m. So happy Wednesday to you all. I'm sure everybody is probably sleeping. There are some that are still up. I was just sitting here um, thinking. And I was like, let me do an audio. But first, let me say welcome to Roundtable Talk with B. It's been a minute since I've been on. I hope you guys are still doing your morning declarations because it's so important. But I was sitting here thinking, um, I had someone reach out to me, better yet, not just someone, my cousin um, reached out to me and asked the question. Um, I'm not going to say the person's name, but they asked the question, and wanted to know what happened to a certain well-known prophet, a prophetess. And when they asked me, they asked me that this morning, and I meant to respond back, but I forgot, and I thought about it now, so I responded back when they asked what had happened. I was like, what do you mean? And they said that their pastor um, said this person was a, fra a false prophet um, and this and that. And I was like, oh, okay. And immediately, I knew who the person was, this famous um, prophet that they were speaking of. And I remember following this individual at the beginning stage of their um they're not the beginning stage of their ministry, but the beginning stage of them becoming more exposed, having more explo exposure, exposure um, into the media world and how they walk heavily with God. Um, they were just the all, oh my goodness, they were oily. You can tell it was God. You can see it. You can sense it. It was God. And so they went through those stages of constantly being elevated in God, but also being elevated in the eyes of man to the point that they had to deal with the fame. And if anybody know, David went through that. He started off as a shepherd boy and then became a king. And then he had to deal with the fame and the wealth and all that to the point where he couldn't handle it and it caused him to fall. But yet and still, even though David fell, before he fell, God knew he was going to fall. And God still, it is recorded in the book, the Bible, that David was a man after God's own heart, even though he will fall later. And David just didn't fall one time he failed several times but yet and still it is recorded in the word that we read that David was a man after God's own heart God knew the path that David was going to take God knew that David was going to become self-indulging that he was going to have to deal with pride 
that he was gonna have to, that he was gonna be in an adulteress, adulteria, adulteress. He was gonna commit adultery. I don't know if I'm saying it right, you guys know what I'm talking about. God knew that he was gonna be a murderer. God knew that he was gonna be fearful. God knew that his very own son that came from his loins was gonna come after him. God knew that David was not going to stand up for his daughter, Tamar, which caused his son to get upset because he didn't defend his sister, which was David's daughter. You know, Absalom, that, that's what that caused the division and the strife and the terror in the family with him and his son, whom he loved. But yet his son chose to come after him. God knew all that. But yet and still, before all that happened, the book said that David was a man after God's own heart. So I said that to say this individual that was well accepted among many, that led many to deliverance, that led many into having a deeper relationship with God. A better relationship God, with God. A better understanding of the word. This person walked with God. We saw it. We saw it. We saw it. We felt it. We saw it. We saw manifestation. But this person had to deal with their own personal demons. That was manifesting on the inside of them. To the point that it consumed them. Where they was full of pride. Because the media had made their name well known. The media and the people have made them big. So they became pleaser of the people. David went through that. Moses went through that. Abraham went through that. Jacob went through that. A lot of the mighty men went through it. Uh, let's talk about Peter. When Paul rebuked Peter for being wishy-washy, you know? So they went through that. We read the stories about how they had to deal with pride, arrogance, wealth, you know, self-engulging. We read about that. But when we see it manifest in the natural with some of these well-known pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, whatever their title is, when we see it happen with them, we become like, we become vigilant with knives and daggers and pitchforks in our hand, ready to crucify them to the cross. Forgetting that we all have a resume, that we all named the name of Jesus and said we were saved, but yet we committed a lot of sins that a lot of people didn't see, you know, that went unnoticed to some, but not to everybody. But yet we want people to have such a forgiving heart towards us, you know, especially those with a title. You mess up. You mess up a lot in your house, but your church and your congregation don't know about that. 
but you want to put on this facade like you so perfect. That's not right. Even with this individual, going back to this individual, I watched this individual fall. I saw the fall coming. I saw it coming years ahead. And I saw this person go from being God-driven to being fleshly and people-driven, trying to please the people. I saw it. And the person started to fall, start to be disobedient. So you can say this person was operating witchcraft because the Bible says disobedient is as witchcraft. So I've seen that. And I've seen God knock this person down to the ground, strip them of everything. But yet he raised them up. But they were down for a long time until they finally saw themselves and saw how they had put themselves before God and how they were loving the praises of the people and how they became people pleasers and how they were operating in their flesh and left God out the equation. God allowed them to see that and strip them of their wealth, their fame, their fortune, everything, their name, allowed them to be bashed and beaten, allowed it. And after all that, they had a lesson to learn. It's always got to be God first. But because Yahweh is who he is, and he's a God of mercy and grace, he restored the individual back. I want to, he restored them back to himself. Not so much as restoring them back to the fame and the fortune in the eyes of men. But he restored that which was important. He restored their soul back to him. And this person has given their testimony as they minister deliverance and how they minister rebuking other people on how they live in. And they always say, because they did it. They had to repent. God showed them how they were operating for decades. But they had to repent and God had to break them down. And see, I said that to say, we saw them as being anointed and up. And we saw them fall. But the so-called saints have such a hard time accepting their comeback. And that is absolutely wrong. Because as long as you're living on this earth, there's always going to be opportunity for you to fall. You're not perfect. There was only one that was perfect. Without sin, without blame. And that was him himself. Jesus. 
him himself. So we're going to miss it. Somebody else is going to miss it. But when you find somebody else that's naming the name of Jesus and saying that they are a part of the kingdom and they fall, always reach in your pocket and pull out your little book. And it's called the book of resume. And read it. And see how many times you fail. And how many times God allowed you to be restored. Remember how many times you've done somebody wrong. And they forgave you. But yet you still say you're a man or woman of God. But you want somebody to forgive you. But you're not easy to forgive those that are in the limelight. The spotlight. We hold them to so much of a higher standard. And I don't know why. You do it because of their fame, their fortune, and their wealth. Whatever standard you are holding them to and you're a leader, hold yourself to that same standard. And don't ever look for mercy or grace when you fall. Don't ever look for mercy and grace when you mess up. Don't ever look for mercy and grace when you be when you're being disobedient. If you can't extend that mercy and the same grace to somebody that has been in the I guess you would say the limelight and have fallen shame on you. Now there is a difference from a fall and being a repeat offender. Now there's some, and I, I'm I'm just gonna be real, you know. There's some, and it's one pastor that keep having all these affairs. Need to go somewhere and sit down. But I'm talking about this one individual that I know. That's a prophet. And that. A lot of people would not. Allow. What. Happened. To go. Away. If that makes sense. Um, they fail. They fail drastically. And they repent. I mean, they went through that for some years. But the saints won't allow this person to be restored. The Bible talks about when we find our brother that has fallen. We who are stronger are supposed to go lift them up. That's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to join in on a bandwagon to tear them down. That's not what God called us to do. And first off, we wouldn't want anybody to do that to us. We always want God to extend mercy and grace to us and to our loved ones. 
but the wickedness on the inside will not allow you to extend the mercy and grace to another brother and sister in the kingdom, in the kingdom that has fallen. And we got to be very careful who we put our mouths on. Some people are dealing with sickness, disease, infirmities, and a lot of things. Mental distress, mental um, agony, anxiety, frustration. A lot of people are dealing with that because they have put their mouths on a man or woman of God. Because let me tell you something, if they are anointed, if they were anointed at the beginning and they fell and they came back, they still anointed. Let's talk about Saul. David would not put his hand on Saul, even though everybody else wanted to kill him. And someone succeeded at it. He said he would not touch the anointing. This was a king that was after David to take his life. Saul did not value the anointing that was on David's life because he was trying to kill him. But a man that is truly after the heart of God would not seek to destroy the anointing. So that lets you know what David's heart was and what Saul's heart was. Saul had a heart of flesh. David had a heart after God. So they saw each other differently. Saul was wicked as wicked can be. But David saw the anointing. David was as anointing as he can be. But the enemy blinds Saul's eyes with jealousy and envy. So we got to be careful with what we allow to be put on our eyes and enter into our eye and ear gate. Because you can see something that's not there and you can hear something that's not true. And you'll mess around and believe it. And then you allow your mouth to speak against the man or woman of God. And you wonder why you're cursed. So I just had to get on here and do this recording. I'm going to start becoming more consistent with releasing these audios as they come to me. But I just had to say that. You know, we have this saying, it's this and that for me. It's the mercy and grace for me. Will it be the mercy and the grace for you? So, leaders, pastors, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, ministers, lay members, saints, kingdom ambassadors, I ask you, Will it be the mercy and grace for you? Be careful what you say is not of God. And be careful 
with what you say is of God. Because at the end of every day, we all belong to God. Good morning. Greetings, everyone. Um, right now, it is 12.15 a.m. So, happy Wednesday to you all. I'm sure everybody is probably sleeping. There are some that are still up. I was just sitting here um, thinking. And I was like, let me do an audio. But first, let me say, welcome to Roundtable Talk with B. It's been a minute since I've been on. I hope you guys are still doing your morning declarations because it's so important. But I was sitting here thinking, um, I had someone reach out to me, but yet not just someone, my cousin um, reached out to me and asked the question. Um, I'm not going to say the person's name, but they asked the question, and wanted to know what happened to a certain well-known prophet, a prophetess. And when they asked me, they asked me that this morning. And I meant to respond back, but I forgot. And I thought about it now. So I responded back when they asked what had happened. I was like, what do you mean? And they said that their pastor um, said this person was a, fra a false prophet um, and this and that. And I was like, oh, okay. And immediately, I knew who the person was, this famous um, prophet that they were speaking of. And I remember following this individual at the beginning stage of their um they're not the beginning stage of their ministry, but the beginning stage of them becoming more exposed, having more explo exposure, exposure um, into the media world and how they walk heavily with God. Um, they were just the oil. Oh my goodness, they were oily. You can tell it was God. You can see it. You can sense it. It was God. And so they went through those stages of constantly being elevated in God, but also being elevated in the eyes of man. 
to the point that they had to deal with the fame. And if anybody know, David went through that. He started off as a shepherd boy and then became a king. And then he had to deal with the fame and the wealth and all that to the point where he couldn't handle it and it caused him to fall. But yet and still, even though David failed, before he failed, God knew he was going to fall. And God still, it is recorded in the book, the Bible, that David was a man after God's own heart, even though he will fall later. And David just didn't fall one time. He failed several times. But yet and still, it is recorded in the word that we read that David was a man after God's own heart. God knew the path that David was going to take. God knew that David was going to become self-indulging. That he was going to have to deal with pride. That he was going to have to, that he was going to be in an adulteress. Adulteria. Adulteress. He was going to commit adultery. I don't know if I'm saying it right. You guys know what I'm talking about. God knew that he was going to be a murderer. God knew that he was going to be fearful. God knew that his very own son that came from his loins was going to come after him. God knew that David was not going to stand up for his daughter, Tamar, which caused his son to get upset because he didn't defend his sister, which was David's daughter. You know, Absalom, that, that's what that caused the division and the strife and the tear in the family with him and his son, whom he loved. But yet his son chose to come after him. God knew all that. But yet and still, before all that happened, the book said, that David was a man after God's own heart. So I said that to say, this individual that was well accepted among many, that led many to deliverance, that led many into having a deeper relationship with God, a better relationship with God, a better understanding of the word. This person walked with God. We saw it. We saw it. We saw it. We felt it. We saw it. We saw manifestation. But this person had to deal with their own personal demons that was manifesting on the inside of them to the point that it consumed them where they was full of pride because the media had made their name well known the media and the people have made them big so they became pleaser of the people David went through that Moses went through that Abraham went through that Jacob went through that a lot of the mighty men went through uh, let's talk about Peter when Paul rebuked Peter for being wishy-washy, you know? So they went through that. We read the stories about how they had to deal with pride, arrogance, wealth, you know, self-engulging, 
We read about that. But when we see it manifest in the natural with some of these well-known pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, whatever their title is, when we see it happen with them, we become like, we become vigilant with knives and daggers and pitchforks in our hand, ready to crucify them to the cross. Forgetting that we all have a resume, that we all named the name of Jesus and said we were saved, but yet we committed a lot of sins that a lot of people didn't see, you know, that went unnoticed to some, but not to everybody. But yet we want people to have such a forgiving heart towards us, you know, especially those with a title. You mess up. You mess up a lot in your house, but your church and your congregation don't know about that. But you want to put on this facade like you so perfect. That's not right. Even with this individual, going back to this individual, I watched this individual fall. I saw the fall coming. I saw it coming years ahead. And I saw this person go from being... God-driven to being fleshly and people-driven, trying to please the people. I saw it. And the person started to fall, start to be disobedient. So you can say this person was operating witchcraft because the Bible says disobedient is as witchcraft. So I've seen that. And I seen God knock this person down to the ground, strip them of everything, but yet he raised them up, but they were down for a long time until they finally saw themselves and saw how they had put themselves before God and how they were loving the praises of the people and how they became people pleasers. And how they were operating in their flesh and left God out the equation. God allowed them to see that and strip them of their wealth, their fame, their fortune, everything, their name. Allowed them to be bashed and beaten, allowed it. And after all that, they had a lesson to learn. Always got to be God first. But because Yahweh is who he is. And he's a God of mercy and grace. He restored the individual back. I want to. He restored them back to himself. Not so much as restoring them back to. The fame. And the fortune in the eyes of men. But he restored that which was important. He restored their soul back to him. And this person has given their testimony as they minister deliverance and how they minister rebuking other people 
on how they living. And they always say, because they did it. They had to repent. God showed them how they were operating for decades. But they had to repent and God had to break them down. And see, I said that to say, we saw them as being anointed and up. And we saw them fall. But the so-called saints have such a hard time accepting their comeback. And that is absolutely wrong. Because as long as you're living on this earth, there's always going to be opportunity for you to fall. You're not perfect. There was only one that was perfect. Without sin, without blame. And that was him himself. Jesus. Him himself. So we're going to miss it. Somebody else is going to miss it. But when you find somebody else that's naming the name of Jesus and saying that they are a part of the kingdom and they fall, always reach in your pocket and pull out your little book. And it's called the book of resume. And read it. And see how many times you fail. And how many times God allowed you to be restored. Remember how many times you've done somebody wrong. And they forgave you. But yet you still say you're a man or woman of God. But you want somebody to forgive you. But you're not easy to forgive those that are in the limelight. The spotlight. We hold them to so much of a higher standard. And I don't know why. You do it because of their fame, their fortune, and their wealth. Whatever standard you are holding them to and you're a leader, hold yourself to that same standard. And don't ever look for mercy or grace when you fall. Don't ever look for mercy and grace when you mess up. Don't ever look for mercy and grace when you be when you're being disobedient. If you can't extend that mercy and the same grace to somebody that has been in the I guess you would say the limelight and have fallen, shame on you. Now there is a difference from a fall and being a repeat offender now there's some and I, I'm I'm just gonna be real you know there's some and it's one pastor that keep having all these affairs need to go somewhere and sit down but I'm talking about this one individual that I know that's a prophet and that a lot of people would not allow what happened 
to go away, if that makes sense. Um, they fail. They fail drastically. And they repent. I mean, they went through that for some years. But the saints won't allow this person to be restored. The Bible talks about when we find our brother that has fallen, we who are stronger are supposed to go lift them up. That's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to join in on a bandwagon to tear them down. That's not what God called us to do. And first off, we wouldn't want anybody to do that to us. We always want God to extend mercy and grace to us and to our loved ones. But the wickedness on the inside would not allow you to extend the mercy and grace to another brother and sister in the kingdom, in the kingdom that has fallen. And we got to be very careful who we put our mouths on. Some people are dealing with sickness, disease, infirmities, and a lot of things, mental distress, mental um, agony, anxiety, frustration. A lot of people are dealing with that because they have put their mouths on a man or woman of God. Because let me tell you something. If they are anointed, if they were anointed at the beginning and they fell and they came back, they still anointed. Let's talk about Saul. David would not put his hand on Saul, even though everybody else wanted to kill him. And someone succeeded at it. He said he would not touch the anointing. This was a king that was after David to take his life. Saul did not value the anointing that was on David's life because he was trying to kill him. But a man that is truly after the heart of God would not seek to destroy the anointing. So that lets you know what David's heart was and what Saul's heart was. Saul had a heart of flesh. David had a heart after God. So they saw each other differently. Saul was wicked as wicked can be. But David saw the anointing. David was as anointing as he can be. But the enemy blinds Saul's eyes with jealousy and envy. So we got to be careful with what we allow to be put on our eyes. And enter into our eye and ear gate. Because you can see something that's not there. And you can hear something that's not true. And you'll mess around and believe it. And then you allow your mouth 
to speak against the man or woman of God and you wonder why you're cursed. So I just had to get on here and do this recording. I'm going to start becoming more consistent with releasing these audios as they come to me. But I just had to say that. You know, we have this saying, it's this and that for me. It's the mercy and grace for me. Will it be the mercy and the grace for you? So, leaders, pastors, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, ministers, lay members, saints, kingdom ambassadors, I ask you, will it be the mercy and grace for you? Be careful what you say is not of God and be careful with what you say is of God. Because at the end of every day, we all belong to God. Good morning. Father, thank you for choosing me. It is such an honor to be chosen by the Most High. You have chosen me for a highly priestly call to do the work. You have called me your holy people. You have made me an instrument to do your work and to speak out for you, to tell others of the night and the day. The difference you have made for me and the difference that you will make for them. From nothing you have taken me. From rejection to acceptance. Now I know that I am accepted in the arms of my creator. The one who loves me above all. Nothing can separate me from you. And Father, I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.